When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance coming off a sensational NFL Sunday, at least in some places. Nothing in the league makes sense at all. (laughs) Plus, we got to dive into all the Harbaugh stuff and much, much more. Let's get this thing rolling. Here we go! Only one place to start. Zach Wilson takes the snap and drops the throw. Gets to midfield. He's one down towards the end zone. Jump ball. Broken up. And the game will end. I felt like we were stopping ourselves. Got to be better. Figure out how to stop shooting ourselves in the foot. That's how the NFL Sunday wrapped up last night. And as I uh, am delighted to welcome Teddy Bruschi and Rex Ryan, who are good enough to hang out after we wrap up Get Up. I feel like Rex and I have to issue just an apology. Uh, Over the six nights, the last six nights, America had to spend two of them watching the New York Jets play offense. And in those two games against the Chargers and the Raiders, hardly two defensive juggernauts. The Jets managed to score a combined total of zero touchdowns as they watched their season probably realistically slip away with these two losses. Rex, that was, I mean, excruciating doesn't begin to tell the story. Yeah, you're right, Greeny. And, and unfortunately, it's like, like how's it going to get better? Because when you can't block people, like, yeah. and I don't care who you got at quarterback, and then you're not running the ball well. It's just there's there very little creativity in this offense, and they just they just stink. And, and you heard Robert Sala <laughs> talk about how you know it's like you know we we got to quit you know shooting ourselves in the foot because that's the other thing. We finally get some plays, and then boom, you know there's a big penalty and all that. So first off, we know you you can't have that when when you're playing this style and and you have the shortcomings you have, you can't have penalties. So that's one thing that has to get fixed. And then the other thing is when you get in the red zone, that's when the windows become tight. You have to be accurate with the football. Right now we got Zach, in my opinion, he's sitting back so scared to make a mistake, all right, because you're going to get blamed for everything. In the red zone, his mentality has to be, I've got to rip it, see it, and rip it. And, and that's he doesn't have that mentality right now. The other thing is size wins in the red zone. We don't have any size with the Jets. And, and physical, physicality wins in the red zone. The Jets have neither. So we have to be creative, and I don't see that in this offense. And you're going on 36 consecutive offensive drives without a touchdown, and that's, that's embarrassing, really. It's, it's, it's a tough style to play. You've got to play almost – Perfect, perfect complementary football when you have, don't have the quarterback. Defense has to be exceptional. The Jets defense is good. You have to be better than good. You have to score. You have to set up your offense multiple times yeah. right, through multiple games. Your special teams has to be very impactful. you got to block kicks. you got to re- return kicks. you got to help out this offense because the quarterback doesn't provide anything right now. I mean, I wanted to see if Nathaniel Hackett can coach. I wanted to see what he could turn Zach Wilson into, and still, it's just still the, the, the kid's making mistakes, and he's just, you just can't rely on him to make those 
three, four, five throws a game that you have to make if you're going to play this style. Yeah, let's let's talk about other things. We, we have wasted a lot of energy on the Jets over the course of this year, and there are, there are far more interesting storylines to dive into. Teddy, I'm thinking back to your days with Belichick in New England and your total domination of rookie quarterbacks. There was, the, the, the statistics were legendary on how Belichick and the defenses, which, of course, you were the leader of, would, would just own rookie quarterbacks. And so I, I bring that up to try and give some context yeah. to asking you about C.J. Stroud. When you see a rookie, and Dan Orlovsky did a fabulous uh, tape breakdown, just the mastery of the offense he seems to have, that there is a maturity uh, in his game that is well beyond you know, a kid who's played, what is it, 10 games now in the NFL? Yeah. What, what are you seeing? Well, first of all, let me say this. The Cincinnati defense, Greeny, some of the things they do is very similar to what we did, Mm -hmm. especially to rookie quarterbacks. The element of showing one thing and disguising and see how they react to that. So, really, I've been sort of pumping the brakes on C.J. Stroud. You know, the rookie is young. Okay, you've had a couple good comebacks, everything. Yeah, it's been a good year. I thought Cincinnati was going to expose him. I thought that defense, what they do with Luana Rumo and the disguise and the coverage principles – he would have problems. And there were plays where C.J. looked so comfortable, so at ease that you have to start to recognize. You have to start to recognize this kid that they're onto something in Houston. This kid is one of the – is absolutely in the front runner. He's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, uh-huh. in my opinion. Oh. But it's just amazing what I've been seeing from this Yeah, kid. the thing that is amazing to me that very few times – a player will come into an organization and change an entire franchise. This young man's already done it. And the way we look at the Houston Texans, how competitive this team is, this is unbelievable, Greeny. For a rookie quarter, look how great Joe Burrow is. Mm-hmm. He won, what, three games as a rookie? You know, you can go right down the line. All these great quarterbacks come in as rookie. They don't win. This kid's got them in position to win their division. Like yeah. Jacksonville, they're one game behind Jacksonville, and they beat them already head-to-head. So that's how good he is. Greeny, you talked about it earlier. Leads the league in, in yards passing per game. Correct. Mm-hmm. He's a rookie. Yeah. He's a rookie. And I knew he should have been the first guy taken in the draft. It wasn't even close. But what I didn't know was how impactful this guy would be already on an organization. It's, it's incredible. If the draft was held today – wouldn't he be a top 10 pick? And I'm talking about oh, talking in the players. National yeah. Football League. Yeah. That's how high this kid – and the, the ceiling's incredible on this guy. But the way he is right now, the way he's playing now, is absolutely incredible. I don't, I don't understand Cincinnati and how they didn't see what we see. I mean, what oh. they've seen on film. Because didn't you see yourselves? I mean, this is Cincinnati rebooted four years ago. When Joe Burrow was coming up, you see a young team coming up. I know Cincinnati's been a team that they've had a bunch of long foul balls, Greeny, okay? Super Bowl loss, AFC Championship loss, you're in the playoffs and all this stuff. They really don't have anything to show for it. You know, no championships or anything like that. But when you see the Houston Texans team, coming up trying to get a piece of what you got and I don't understand why how you couldn't want to just put that team aside and say listen we're the Bengals you guys are still young it's not your turn yet and Houston turned them away which was so impressive to me it was the most impressive thing I saw I saw yesterday. yeah their mentality this this franchise they, they care less who they play oh the Cincinnati Bengals yeah we get it some people think you're the best team in the league we don't care we'll play you we'll mm. play you in your building mm-hmm. we don't care <laughs> well, we'll play yeah. you in a parking lot this team, they do, they do not care. D'Amico Ryans, 
is doing an amazing job as a rookie coach. And, and believe me, I've been there with a rookie quarterback, rookie head coach. It ain't easy, and they're making it look easy. They were 3-13-1 a year ago. If they win that division, I think he has a real chance to be the MVP. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Teddy, I thought you had the line of the morning today when I asked you after the Dallas Cowboys put up 640 yards of offense yesterday, and the owner of the team came out and said that this is the best he's ever seen Dak Prescott play. And I said to you, what did we learn about the Cowboys? And you said nothing. Why is yeah, that? Absolutely nothing. It's, it's, these aren't the games that I'm looking for, you, for, looking for you to win and dominate and perform in. You're, you're playing the, the New York Giants that are – they're skewing the statistics of the National Football League. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody that goes against the Giants are having season highs in yards, sacks, everything, touchdowns. That's the way it goes. I mean, the Giants have been outgained out by 250 yards in the last three – I mean, three, three times this season. Hembo gave me that one. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy that that you play the Giants. Everyone knows it's a stat game, coach. But, but still, <laughs> six hundred and forty yards of offense. We we knew they're they're they were going to struggle. They're down to their third quarterback. Their offensive line is a joke for the Giants. But six hundred and forty yards, and so I came away saying, "Yeah, I'm impressed." And and I know they're playing the little Giants. We get mm-hmm. it. And uh, but. Dak Prescott looked amazing, and he's looked amazing in the last four weeks. All right? This was a game where I've been calling for him to use his legs in the, in the red zone. He's done it the last four weeks. That's why I'm really – that's how you win in the red zone. Your, your quarterback has to make plays with his legs. He's been doing that. That's what I see with Dallas. They finally got Brandon Cooks involved. I've been calling for it for the last four weeks. He's the second best receiver on your football team. He almost had 200 yards receiving in this game. Mm-hmm. That, to me – they recognize it. I have to give them credit. I've been killing them because they don't use this guy. I have to give them credit. If they continue to do this, get him involved as a second receiver, compliment to C.D. Uh, Lamb, my goodness, I think they've closed the gap on Philly, and I am not going to be shocked that they beat Philly in Dallas the next time they play. Here's him. what happens when Dak has that extra element. We talked about it on Get Up. Just that three to four plays, or right? yep. three to four plays when I know that he still will take off and run like he did in the red area down there for the touchdown. All right. You're playing a Lamar Jackson, and you're going to call things that account for that, Rex. Like, you're going right. to call a spy. It's a three-man rush. You're, account- you're, you're rushing a certain way. But with Dak, you still know it's possible defensively, and it still affects you. I'm dropping back as a linebacker, and I don't get a couple, couple yards too deep because I know Dak can still do that. So as long as he shows that, that's an extra element that will affect defenses that will be to Dallas's advantage. Uh, yeah. Greeny with uh, Rex and Teddy Bruschi both here as we go through all of the, the ups and downs of a crazy uh, NFL weekend. It was a, Yesterday was, was a day that made very little sense. So many things that you didn't see that's coming. You love it, right? I'll give you an example <laughs> of why. Well, here's the thing. So I was taking a victory lap because I picked the Texans to win. And I picked the Browns to win wow. on TV last week. Now, let me tell you why. Because on Thursday, everyone else, I have four people in here as football analysts. Every one of them took the Bengals and every one of them took the Ravens. And I said, when everyone thinks something is going to happen, it never does. I can't explain how. I can't explain why. It just doesn't. And so if you just go opposite what everyone thinks, that's what makes the NFL so great. Final yes. thing. Teddy, if I said to you right now in the NFC, how many, how long would your list have to be before you said you are completely confident I've named the Super Bowl team here? So if I were to say 
two names, three names, four names, how quickly could we stop? So if I said to you, the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers are the two teams that we could see coming out of the NFC and playing in the Super Bowl, would you be willing to bet on that, or do I have to expand the list beyond those two? Based on what you said in terms of everybody picking one team and yeah. all that makes me, makes me consider it, right. but still, I would stop there. You would stop there? I would. I would. No Dallas? No Dallas. No Detroit? No. Oh, shoot. That's what that I'm saying, right. dude. I'm stop. sorry, Rex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you're, you're right. Detroit you're right. in there? They're especially especially after I'm seeing what, what what they did yesterday. I mean, going into a good a good Los Angeles Charger team. So yeah, I have been so ingrained. Philly, San Francisco, San Francisco validated that for me. I knew they would come back strong. I yeah. thought they would. I'm not a Jacksonville believer, but still, the, what was it, 34 to three, whatever yes. it was. That was bam. That's a stamp making a statement. But then. You you got to add the Lions. Three just, yeah, teams, I, I Rex, was, or four? Right? Four for me because I think Dallas is in that conversation. No Seattle. No Seattle, and, and Detroit certainly is. And here's the thing about Detroit. What happens if they get home field advantage? This is a team that yeah. let uh, they hadn't won a playoff game, or they've won one playoff game in, what, 30 years? Oh, way more. Like, like yeah. even more than that. Like, yeah. it's crazy. So think of how they will blow the roof off the stadium. And think of how difficult it would be for an opponent to go into that building oh, and play the that. Lions. I'm with you on and, that. And this Detroit Lions, here's an offense that eats everybody alive. Yeah, they struggle one game. They always do. Every team struggles. Kansas City struggles one game. That's the Lions. But when this, when this team right here, you got the two really good running backs. They got a great receiver in Amonra St. Brown. They have some complimentary pieces there. Sam Laporta is a big-time tight end. They might have the best offensive line in the league. They certainly have the best Offensive tackle in the league, including Trent yeah, Williams. This yeah. Panay Sewell is an absolute freak. And he reminds me of Anthony Munoz and, and Jonathan Ogden, that kind wow. of physical player. And you have Jerry Goff. Oh, by the way, he never gets a single sniff Those at sneaky the MVP. MVP there. Yeah, but sure when you Rex, look yeah. at him statistically, and his team is 7-2, and two, why isn't he in there? Because he's not sexy. We get it, but they don't care. And they got the best coach in the league in Dan Campbell. Yeah, he's, I mean – Jared would be on, I mean, I have an MVP vote. He would be, he's, he's there. He's five, six, right in there yeah. in the conversation. But I'm, I'm interested. I'm surprised you said Seattle. You, you no, think he said no Seattle's Seattle. out. Seattle's out. Seattle's okay. out. Seattle's no. out. Okay, yeah. great. And let okay. me just very quickly great. say, <laughs> I do think the Lions are going to wind up with the one seed. Listen to who they have coming up. Their next several games, Bears, Packers, Saints, Bears again, Broncos, Vikings twice, I mean, I, I, and, and again, the Vikings are playing better, but that's, yeah. not, that's not a murderer's row of a schedule. I think Detroit is going to wind up with the one seed in the NFC. I have to let you guys go. Teddy, so great of you to do Good this. You. Thank you, Good my man. You, Rex, you were the best. I got my takes coming up next. Don't miss it. We're just getting started on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. In 30 seconds, we will assemble the assembled members of the hashtag crew around us here. Hembo is here. Bubba is here. Cam is here. We're all ready to roll. I'll give you my takes. They'll give you theirs. And away we will go after these 30 seconds for AutoZone. Are you dealing with a dead battery? Head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Their free battery testing helps you know if you need a new battery or you just need a charge. If you need a replacement battery, they're the only place you can find proven tough Duralast batteries. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. The scoop. Now, before I get into the takes on the individual games, I will just point out, and Hembo, this is fascinating to me. Five games ended yesterday with a game-winning field goal as time expired. Five different games. Cleveland, Houston, Arizona, Detroit, and Seattle. All won games yesterday as time expired in regulation. It is the most games, most it is and for any one day, it is the most games featuring a game-winning score as time expired in regulation in the history of the league. And it just speaks to the extraordinary parity they have created. Everything every sport always says they want to do, the NFL just falls into. Like, <laughs> I don't feel like they've really done things uniquely to make it like this. It just works out that way. There's nothing in the world better for a sport than total parity, than every game being close. And yesterday, and it seems like every week, they practically all are. I'm having a big quandary right now because the girls wake up from their nap at 3 3.30, which is the exact time that I need to be in front of my television on the couch on Sunday afternoons. It's always the most compelling hour uh, on television every single week. I well, think you I know what to we modify call their nap schedule. The, please tell me you watch Scott Hansen. The witching hour. It's the witching hour mm-hmm. where wins become losses and losses become wins. I get excited every time he says it. Yeah, he juices me up. That's the best hour of TV every single week. It's the best hour of TV in the history of the medium. <laughs> like, like I, I've said this before. I think, I think like in the history of technology, like of, of advancements, 
there's like probably like one or two medical things like mm-hmm. I don't know like the MRI like whatever it is we've been able to invent you know like the heart and lung machine like that kind and then red zone <laughs> like red zone is the second best technological advancement of of our of our civilization so i think if you ask most guys out there like they would obviously prefer to play sports professionally but i think scott hansen actually has our dream job like any person any person out there wants that job just just for one week to be able to sit there and go off for seven straight hours directing the cameras and everything it's the best job in sports nine games were decided by four points or less so far in week 10 it's the eighth time since the merger that you've had that many games decided by four or fewer points. We have another one tonight, Denver-Buffalo. If the game is within four points at the end, it will be tied for the most four-point or less games in any weekend in the history of the sport, or at least since the merger. It's unbelievable. All right, let's get to the take. Greenies Takes. All right, let's do it here. My Week 10 takes, I'll give you my top five, and then we will get one from Hembo, one from Cam, and one from Bubba. Here we go. Number five. The New York Giants might be the worst team I've ever seen. I'm I'm flabbergasted. Teddy said it exactly right. It skews the stats. Like, you shouldn't be able to skew the stats ten weeks into a season. Like, you know, week two... Like when Miami scored, what week, what week was it when Miami scored 70 points against week Denver? Three, Whatever week that was. Like that skews the statistics. They're going to be the number one offense in the NFL for a little while. Because when you're going to score 70 points in a game, that's going to happen. But by week 10, like a lot of things have kind of gotten solidified. But you can almost break teams up into who has and hasn't played the Giants. You want to talk about throwing in the towel. They gave up 640 yards of offense to the Cowboys yesterday. It's embarrassing. I don't know what else to say. And they have no offense themselves. They have no chance. Are they the worst team you've ever seen? They're up there. And two weeks from now, we get Giants-Patriots. We should flex that game to Sunday night. That, that, that would be, you know, it, could that be for the one seed? Like, those the one, those teams the first are in there. What did I say? The one seed. Oh, the one pick, you know what I mean? Like the, their version of the one seed. <laughs> well, like, like who's who's contending for that? The Bears are contending for it because of Carolina and themselves. How many wins do the Bears have? The Bears, Three? Still, I think they're in position for the fifth pick. So okay, they're not yeah, too far. but they're not going to get the first pick. Probably not. They're not. No, I mean, the Giants aren't winning another game. <laughs> There's no way. The, what are you talking about? The, I'm not sure the Giants. How many teams they would beat in college right now? Right this minute, I'm not sure. Oh come on, they're not. They're not winning a game. You show me the game they're winning. No, they're not. The Giants aren't winning another game this year. I, they I didn't agree. beat the Jets. The Jets have scored one offensive touchdown in their last three games. It was against the Giants. Since then, the Giants have given up 30 and then how many points this week? 47? Uh, 49. 49. They've given up 79 points in their last two games. The Jets scored one touchdown against them the week before that. <laughs> If they didn't win that game, they're not winning. They're hilariously bad. Next. Number four. CJ Stroud is ridiculous. This is no longer a story about a great rookie. This is a story about an NFL superstar. Rex said it right. He has changed the trajectory of a franchise. He has done in Houston what Joe Burrow did in Cincinnati. They've gone from like like the NFL's version of Siberia, a place no one wants to go, no one's interested in, no one cares. And Burrow, through his greatness and the force of his personality, changed that. And I think Stroud is doing the same thing. And if you do just want to put it in rookie terms, 
the comparisons have to be to the greatest rookie seasons of all time. Is it Marino? Does Dan Marino have the greatest NFL quarterback rookie season of all time? I know Roethlisberger won all those games. I know Luck was really good. RG3 was really good. Cam Newton was really good. Those are the great ones. I think my eye test, having watched the sport for 50 years, I thought the best rookie quarterback I'd ever seen was Dan Marino. Mm. He came in like week four or something and just torched the lead. I, th- I think that's the comparison we have to make with C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he went 7-2 and two that year. The most impressive part of this is that they had the second pick. This roster was so bad last year they won three games, right? They're over uh, under the season with six and a half. They're going to breeze past that. The only team with worse odds to make the playoffs was Arizona. They might well make the playoffs. If you have a, a Texans to make the playoffs ticket, they were five and a half to one. You're going to make a lot of money potentially pretty soon. Like With how they're playing, I think it's safe to say that he's having one of the great rookie, rookie quarterbacks. Don't play well, like ever, especially ones drafted that high. What he's doing is incredible. Not this well. No. And you keep waiting for Doesn't him to happen. run into a wall. The back-to-back, these two games they've had. He threw for 800 yards in the last two weeks and led game-winning drives in the final minute of both of them. And I don't know that these are great teams he's playing, but, I mean, the Bengals are a very good team with a very well-respected defensive coach. The Buccaneers are a decent team with a very well-respected defensive coach. And he led one, you know, final minute drives to win both those games. Four teams have allowed a season-high in points this year to Houston. Each of the last two games, plus Pittsburgh, Plus Jacksonville, like they're, you don't have to use the rookie quarterback asterisk at all here. He's just objectively great. He is. Greeny with my takes. Number three. We knew we're gonna hear what we're gonna do. We're gonna rename the NFL Coach of the Year award the Mike Tomlin Award, and we're just gonna give it to someone else every week. <laughs> what Mike Tomlin is doing is ridiculous. I, I, I think I, we started calling this a verb. Now they're Tomlining their way. They have been outgamed in every one of their nine games this season and are six and three. That I would have thought that impossible. Like I would not have thought that was something you could you could do. Dan Graziano put it great on the show, I want to say a week or, or maybe even two weeks ago. He said, they're bad at the objective of football. Football is a land, what's the word, a ground-gaining kind of game. Like, it, it's almost like a war, if you will. Not not to minimize it, but you know what I mean. Like, we're trying to move this way. You're trying to move that way. Who gains more ground? That's, that's basically, at its core, what the game is about. They've lost that battle every game they've played this year, and they're 6-3. It's bordering on impossible. And in its own way, it's one of the great coaching jobs I think I've ever seen. Yeah, there are exactly three teams this year that have a minus 26 scoring margin. Uh, the three and six Titans, the three and six Rams, <laughs> and the six and three Steelers. They've, they've, lost, uh, they've lost nine battles and they've won six wars somehow. It's impossible to believe. To me, he is clearly the coach of the year. Number two. Are the Browns a sneaky Super Bowl team? I'm going to say Yes. Miles Garrett, if he isn't the best player in the NFL, he's damn close. And Deshaun, and I tried to pin Danny down on this a little bit in the morning, and I didn't feel we ever got there as much as I wanted to. Because you and I, we did an essay. This was long before Deshaun Watson not only left Houston, but all of the other stuff with him happened. You know what I'm talking about by that. When we viewed him very differently, I think a lot of people are still very conflicted on how they feel about that. That's just... I get it. Let's let's try and talk about this from a football perspective. Deshaun Watson, in his final season that he really played in Houston, 
If you wanted to argue he was the best quarterback in the NFL, including Patrick Mahomes, you could have. Are we seeing any signs that he's remotely approaching that? Because he doesn't have to be that. He just has to be very good. He's been, in fairness to him, I mean, it would be flattering to say he's been okay. I'm not even sure he's been okay. By his standards, he's been awful. Can he get to a place where he's really good, like a top 10 NFL quarterback? If he does... I don't see any reason that team can't wind up in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so the question you asked is, are they a sneaky Super Bowl team? And, and the answer right now is, is no. He's 23rd this season in QBR, and this is a team whose offense ranks 27th in efficiency, which takes into account the quality of the teams that you play. It's my favorite metric in that regard. It would be one of the worst offenses, at least in recent year, of any team that made the Super Bowl. If I see him make real strides, real growth over the second half of the season, maybe, just maybe, I could get there. But the problem is when you build a team around a great defense in this day and age, it's so difficult to replicate that week over week. I mean, they, they allowed 30 points just yesterday. So I'm going to say no, but at least uh, my, my, that answer could change if he improves over the second half of the season. I, I feel like we actually, you and I just both said the same thing. We just said it differently. You said they can't do it unless he gets better. And I just said they can do it if he gets better. <laughs> I think we kind of said the same thing from opposite ends. Number one. And then finally, the Jets. I, lose the music. I promise you I will not belabor this because... That I don't have the energy, I, I, maybe because we've played back-to-back night games, so I'm so freaking tired, I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. But I, I also, they've just taken it out of me. I mean, the life has gone out of me on this. It's over. The Jets are not good enough to even be talking about. They're not good enough for Aaron Rodgers to be risking anything to come back and play for. And to me, last night wasn't about the quarterback at all. I mean, he isn't good, but he's never going to be. I think he played last night better than most of the other guys on that offense. Their offensive line is atrocious. I mean, it's terrible. Dan said the Patriots have the worst offensive line in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. The Jets might have said, hold my whatever. Uh, hold my beer or whatever it is you you know you, that you want them to hold because they're awful. And they commit a penalty on every yeah. good play. Hold my blocks. They, they commit a penalty on every good play yesterday. Zach Wilson ran. Well, that wasn't a penalty. He stepped out of bounds. Then Brees Hall bullies his way into the end zone. They get a holding. They get a holding on every good drive they have. Every big play they have gets called back. I don't know if that's coaching or bad luck or what it is, but it's just excruciating to watch. They cannot score. I mean, they just can't score a touchdown. It would be funny if it wasn't so horrific but they've scored one touchdown in the last three games. One of them went to overtime. And an indication of how good their defense is, is they have they have been in two of the three games and won one of them. So their defense is so good. I feel terrible for them. I feel sick for their defense watching them play. And as far as the other offensive players are concerned, like I, I'm not even really feeling that. I mean, Gary Wilson, I love the kid. He's got to stop dropping passes. He dropped another big ball last night. They can't block anybody. Alan Lazard is awful. Um, they're just, they're not good. And their offensive line was their biggest problem last night. So, like, that wasn't about the quarterback last night. They're, they're terrible. They're not well coached. They're, it's over. I mean, if, if there will be some people around the country relieved who enjoy our show to hear me say this, I'm not going to waste your time with this nonsense anymore. They're just not worth that time. So, 
That is my takeaway on the Jets for this day. You can be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one that fans deserve. Let's get some takes from the hashtag crew. I've given you mine. Let's go around the horn here and get some of theirs. Uh, Bubba joins us for the first time this morning wearing his yep. Dak Prescott jersey. What is your take on this fine morning, Mr. Bubba? Sure. Well, I got three for you real quick. One, when I come back in my second life, I got to be a college football coach because that is where you make the money. Two. Wait, maybe let's just be clear for anyone who doesn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Jimbo Fisher is going to get paid $76 million to not coach Texas A&M over the next however long that deal runs. The way it's structured, he like gets <laughs> like 19 in the next two weeks, I think, or something. And right? then he gets $9 million a year <laughs> every year for some insane amount of time. And he's already time. made 44 I think. He's, he, that is, you're exactly right. I mean, that is the most ridiculous thing in the world, and yet it happened. Okay, that's number one. Yeah, number two, uh, Sunday Night Football, as we just talked about, was dreadful. However, the best part of the entire broadcast was pregame when they had the Heidi situation. That that was It went completely downhill from there, but when they re- redid the Heidi thing, that was fun. That was a cool thing. They had the, the actual girl from the Heidi uh, movie on, so that was fun. Okay. But number three, more importantly, the Cowboys, obviously, like we talked about, the Giants are just a disgrace so I'm not gonna I can't take too much into this victory but I don't think it's been years since I've had this much confidence in the playmakers you know Dak or CD or Cooks Micah Parsons all these people individually and conversely had so little confidence in our head coaching right now that it's got me scared because the playmakers are playing unbelievable Dak and CD are on a great role but when you tell me it's a, a crunch time game I have no confidence in Mike McCarthy right now. Well, that's really what it comes down to. I'm looking at the I know that their schedule, I gotta look it up so I say that say it exactly right, because I know they have um a, a much more favorable schedule coming up than Hembo and Cam's Eagles. Mm-hmm. Here's what it is. They got Carolina, Washington, and Seattle right. before they get the Eagles again. So that's three games they'll be favored to win, right? The Seattle game is home. They should definitely win all of those games. So by the time they play the Eagles, the Cowboys should be a pretty lofty 9-3. and Going to be pretty interesting. Philly will lose a game somewhere along the way here, right? They've got tough games Kansas coming up. Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco. Yeah, and that's, their schedule is Ooh. super tough. So, so, so may, maybe it's even optimistic to say they'll win two of those three. But one way or another, the Cowboys, I would be very surprised if the Cowboys are not playing to at least tie for the division lead when those teams play each other in a month. Yeah, that's right. why that game in Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, which is so incredibly critical. I, mean, yeah. who, who, I think who wins the, the East is, is probably likely to be the one seed. Right now the Eagles have the inside track for that. But uh, that, Well, I said before, too, even more critical to me is, is that absurd loss the Cowboys had to the Cardinals, yeah. who were essentially – I mean, they got a little better with Kyler Murray, but they were dreadful pr- beforehand. That loss is killing them. Losing the 49ers is one thing. Losing the Eagles is one thing, fine. Losing to the Cardinals is, is unacceptable, and that could, in the end, be costing them the division. I still think Detroit is going to wind up with the one seed. Let me get a quick take from Cam. Go. Yeah, I think we forgot about the 49ers because they haven't won a game in a month. They lost three in a row and then had a bye week. Uh, that came at a perfect time. Debo Samuel was back. Trent Williams was back. 
Brock Purdy looked like the Brock Purdy that we got used to when he was winning, you know, 11, 12 games in a row. They decimated the Jaguars, who never show up in big games. And I think the 49ers are right in it in the NFC. All right, everyone chiming in here. We'll keep rolling with it. Hembo will jump in with his as we continue next. Plus, I have a statistic that will blow your freaking mind. Plus, I have a lot to say about how the Big Ten handled the biggest story of the year. We'll get to all of that next on ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio, and there are so many different ways we can hang out. First off, we're a podcast. If you miss any of our two hours any day, hashtag Greeny available wherever you get your podcast. You can also watch us on the ESPN app. Click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and hopefully you will enjoy. You also can listen to us on the ESPN app or Sirius XM channel 80. And you can hang out with me anytime you want on social media. I'm at ESPN Greeny on Twitter, on Instagram, and on threads. Okay, I gave you my takes. Bubba and Cam each gave you theirs. Hembo, what's yours? My biggest take from the weekend was the exact same take as Cam's. When the 49ers play their A game, they're as good as any team in the league. Give me a healthy Trent Williams. Give me a healthy Debo Samuel. You hang 34 points on a good Jags team. By the way... They did all that without Christian McCaffrey scoring a touchdown for the first time in a year. And that defense with Chase Young for the first game had four takeaways and five sacks. He's going to make a big difference. They hardly had to blitz at all to sack Trevor Lawrence five times. When that team plays their best, I'm not sure there's a better team in the whole sport right now than them. So the person who made the best point on that actually was you, Hembo. Before the season began, you were casting doubt on the 49ers. And I think your reasoning has actually been sound. When they play their best, I agree, they're the best team. The problem is, because they're so top-heavy, they don't have depth. It is not a coincidence that as soon as Debo Samuel went down, they had nothing. Their offense looked completely different. So they are very reliant on their best players being healthy. 
uh, Trent, uh, the big tackle, uh, Trent Williams, Williams mm-hmm. and and D- and Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey and all these guys. They don't have the same quality depth that a lot of other teams do because they spend so much money on those guys and they forfeited so much of their draft ability with you know that terrible trade for Trey Lance that is still going to bite them. You don't make a deal that bad and not have any consequence. So I agree with you. When they are firing on all cylinders, they're the best team. The problem is if mo- I mean, most teams are susceptible to losing a star player, obviously. I think they're more susceptible to it than most. Most definitely, but players like 1 through 10 on that roster are as good as any team in the whole league. Uh, right now, FPI says they have a 23% chance of getting the one seed. You just saw what they did coming off a bye in Jacksonville. I mean, it was, it was not a football game. If you give them the one seed, I think they're far and away the favorite to win the conference based on what we saw yesterday and based on the constitution of the roster. All right, so we'll see. And and obviously the NFL takes center stage on these Mondays, uh, and it will continue here on ESPN Radio where I'm presented by Progressive Insurance, insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. I almost never dive into the college stuff on these... um, on these Mondays, but I, I feel today like I need to. They are who we thought they were. Thought they were. Playoffs? Playoffs? You kidding me? You kidding me? Hello? You play to win the game. Rant of the day. I don't know if I'm going to rant, but I am going to express my extraordinary disappointment with the way the Big Ten and its new commissioner, Tony Petiti, handled the Michigan situation last week. I think all... Reasonable people, and Hembo, you and I sort of differ on our views on the cheating scandal itself, the sign ceiling scandal itself. Reasonably, reasonable people can disagree on that. But I'd like to think most people would agree with me when I say that this is a situation that has to be handled with fairness, transparency, and with the best interests of all the players, first and foremost. Can anyone tell me that's what happened here? Can anyone tell me that the only time this information could be announced was 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday? I sat here on Thursday and I said it. I begged Tony Petiti not to do it. There's one thing my school does better than any other school in that conference, and that is journalism. And the first thing they teach you is if they announce anything on a Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock, it's because they don't want you talking about it. Is because by the time the whole world came back again on Monday in their usual places having the usual conversations, a whole weekend would have gone by, a million other things would have happened, and the game itself would have been played. And the hope is that that will mute the conversation and the reaction. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't let anyone tell you they couldn't have made that decision Thursday night if they wanted to. They couldn't have made it first thing Friday morning if they wanted it to. They couldn't have given those players the maximum possible time to be prepared emotionally, psychologically, physically, and otherwise to play without their coach. So if anyone is going to tell me that was not a weak move, then you're going to get a strong disagreement from me. I don't know if it's right or wrong. I don't know if Jim Harbaugh should or shouldn't be um, suspended for what he has done or for what was done, what inarguably happened on his watch, whether he knew about it or not being a separate conversation. But I am not at all a fan of the way they handled it. For that plane to be in the air, you're going to tell me that was the first possible moment that decision could have been made? Get the heck out of here. That's no way. That is weak sauce. 
That is a Friday afternoon news dump. So don't tell me what a courageous decision this was. When you make a courageous decision, you stand up in front of the world and say, this is what I have decided. I know half the people are going to love it and half the people are going to hate it, but I'm putting my name on it because I think it's the right thing to do. And if Tony Petiti had done that, I would have respected the heck out of him for it, even if I disagree with what he did. But to try and dump it, a Friday afternoon news dump, which is the oldest, most cliche, most tired trick in the book, I thought that was a huge disappointment. Yeah, and I think you saw the Michigan football team respond to it. Um, I think he did the right thing. And I think he announced it at the worst possible time. Uh, so I agree with you. I would say at least 50% there. And then to watch Michigan with all the emotion in that stadium, with all of the uh, venom with which they played, was really quite something. I mean, to go into a, a really tough environment and win a football game in which you don't throw the ball once in the second half is rare. Against a top 10 uh, team, the great defense too in Penn State. So I was actually happy for Michigan and its players. That being said... They deserve to be disciplined. I think the discipline that they levied was something, I would say, approximating appropriate. But I do agree with you that the way in which they did so was at least somewhat classless. And I don't know how they wound up making that decision so late in the week. I mean, it's not like you're aggregating information at that point anyway. You're doing it way earlier than anyone else wanted you to anyway. Just, just make the decision at the right time and stand up. And, I, and, and for that, I agree. They informed Michigan that they had the goods on them on Monday. Yeah. Michigan's response was Wednesday. Now, do you want to tell me that they were sitting back and contemplating, well, we got this, le- this letter from the president who's threatening this and all that, and they had to go over all that with legal people and say, okay, if we do this, are we going to get sued? What are they going to do? What to- okay, fine. I am still, color me suspicious that 4 o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday was the first possible moment they could have done this. I just don't buy it. Why didn't they wait until the team was being introduced? <laughs> Why didn't they wait until they were literally running on the field and have two guys standing there and grab Harbaugh and drag him off the field five minutes before the opening kick? And this was a circus. You turned this into a circus. You had the biggest story that has, has come down the pike in college sports in a really long time, and you, you made it a circus. It didn't have to be. Jim Harbaugh didn't have to fly with his team. Now, he probably would have flown there anyway, I guess, to be with them the night before and whatever else it is. But by, by announcing this at a time that you knew they were on the plane to try and dump the news on a Friday afternoon, you didn't let it become a circus. You made it a circus. The Big Ten should be better than that. They always say we hold ourselves to a higher standard. This time, I think we fell well short. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.